Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know that if you're looking for more interaction with me, deeper dives into the topics you hear on the podcast, small group discussion, private live streams, and small group monthly Zoom sessions, you can find those things by subscribing to my private feed on Instagram. My Instagram subscription gets you more content and more interaction with me that goes beyond the free stuff I'm already creating. The cost is only $4.99 per month and can be canceled at any time for any reason without even hurting my feelings. Want to know more? Find me on Instagram at the.anxious.truth or just go to theanxioustruth.com slash Instagram. Thanks. Dudes and dudettes, welcome back to The Anxious Truth. This is episode number 169. 169 recorded on, what is today? July 2nd, 2021. Today we have a guest on the podcast. You know her as A Healthy Push on Instagram. My friend Shannon joined us to take about a half hour to talk about her journey, her anxiety journey from the depths of, of panic disorder and agoraphobia and all the nasty stuff that comes with it. You guys know what this is. Uh, down to where she is now as a recovered person, living a great life, happy life with a family and a career, and a tremendous, not necessarily by size, although her platform is growing, and, and rightly, well, it should, a tremendous Instagram presence uh, where she is a tremendous, a great, helpful source of information, psychoeducation, encouragement, inspiration, humor, compassion. She's a kind soul, always has a smile. I, I urge you guys to go check out Shannon uh, she is a healthy push on Instagram. We'll talk about that, and I'll have all the links at the end and in the show notes for this episode. And before we get to Shannon, and I, go, I know you guys are going to dig this interview, what can I remind you about today? I'm not going to talk about my book today. I want to talk about the free one-hour recovery training uh, webinar, seminar, workshop, course, whatever you want to call it, that I've had out for a few months. I have a few thousand people who have gone through it now. Everybody really digs it. It is 100% free. So if you are struggling with, like, how do I start how do I start? What do I do? I'm not sure. If you've tried a zillion different things, nothing seems to work. You don't know what direction to go in and you're lost in terms of how to recover. This is a one hour video training session where I can walk you through what the basics of recovery look like. What does that process actually look like? So I kind of take you from the beginning to end in an hour. I can't fix your anxiety disorder in an hour video, of course. However, if you are confused and you're not really sure what direction you're supposed to be going in, this is an hour well spent. And like I said, it's 100% free. You can find it online at theanxioustruth.com slash workshop one. Workshop is one word and it's the number one. So theanxioustruth.com slash workshop one. Totally free. Put in your email address. You can watch the course whenever you want. You can go back and watch it as often as you want. Uh, and again, the feedback has been really great from a few thousand people who've gone through it. So if you are a little bit lost and you don't know what first step to take, that is a good free resource to take advantage of. So, so do that today, if you will. Uh, TheAnxiousTruth.com slash workshop one. Okay, uh, shameless plug. It's a plug. Is it a plug if it's a free thing? It's still a plug, I guess. Anyway, that being done, let's get into the interview. Let's get Shannon on mic with us, and uh, you guys are going to dig it, and I will see you afterwards to wrap it up, give you all her links, and, uh, and close the show. See you in a bit. All right, here we are. Shannon, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here talking with you today. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. It took us a little while to get here, but now but now we made it work. So this is really good. 
Um, yeah. For those of you, as you heard in the intro, uh, Shannon is one of my favorite mental health Instagrammers, and uh, she has a story to tell, and I want to go through it because this is going to be sort of combination, like just chatting with another sort of educator and creator and, and success story, because clearly you are an anxiety success story. I could see it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if you guys are not following, I'm going to say this a bunch of times, you guys are not following Shannon on Instagram, you totally should at, at a healthy push. Is there a, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll have all the links at the end. That's fine. So how did you get here to this point where you're like creating all this tremendous content, educating people about anxiety disorders and, and recovery and you are, your message is dead on spot on correct, accurate all the damn time. So oh. how did you <laughs> Thank get here? You so much. You're very welcome. How'd yeah. you get here? Tell us the story. Yeah. So, right. This could probably be like a two hour long conversation, but I'm going to condense it. Okay. So for me, my journey with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia started when I was in my teenage years, my early teenage years. Um, I had my first experience with panic in high school, and I was actually running a track meet, and I had no idea what was happening, and it was absolutely terrifying. I remember literally being on the line with like the gun ready to go. And I just felt this wave of like this weirdest sensation, like tingling. I felt super flush. I just panicked and I was like, something is happening and I don't know what this is. And so I literally just walked off the line. I didn't know what else to do. And I went into the bathroom and I did like what you probably see in every movie. I started like just flailing water on my face, <laughs> trying to make it been go there. away. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure, right. We've all been there, but it was terrifying. And I mean, I was probably 15 years old at the time and not ever really knowing what this was. I I didn't know what was going on. And so it was really scary. And I just remember, you know, I had some instances of anxiety prior to that, but that was like my first moment of sheer panic. And so my high school years were incredibly tough. Um, I started having panic attacks consistently. Um, at one point I had experienced panic daily it was really scary. And of course it got to the point where I didn't want to go to school. I developed a severe um, fear of riding in cars because for me, a lot of my panic stemmed around not just the fear of panic itself, um, but it was also feeling trapped and feeling like I wasn't in control. Yeah, yeah. And so, so much of my panic went back to that moment. Like what if that type of panic happens again? What if it happens when I'm in a place that I can't really get out of? I would convince myself, of course, I can't get out of here. I'm stuck, I'm trapped. And so that's really what all my panic um, revolved around. And so I started going to therapy. Um, I went to therapy for over a decade um, for panic and agoraphobia. And I remember going to a therapy session and it was my first therapy session. And I remember the psychiatrist actually handed me a piece of paper and she said, take this to check out. They'll schedule your next appointment. I'm going to, you know, I want to have a discussion with you about medication. And for, I remember taking session. this piece of paper. That, that was you know, your very first, first yeah. session? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
And I remember taking this piece of paper to the checkout desk and I looked down at it and I was just like stunned. I mean, I saw my diagnoses of severe panic disorder and agoraphobia and I I was so, and I mean, I get emotional about it to this day. I just thought that I, I am, there is something really wrong. And this is something that like, how am I ever going to move past this? And it was just a realization for me of like, whoa, this is, this is a lot. So like, <laughs> and, like so many and people you, though, you had no idea what that is, I'm guessing. Like, how would you know? Well, Yes. So it was interesting because actually I have a strong family history of anxiety and panic and agoraphobia, but I didn't really know this um, until I started to experience it myself because my mom, of course, being a mom, you know, you want to shelter your kids from some stuff. Um, but she then started to share with me that she actually struggled with panic disorder, agoraphobia, when she was in her early um, 20s. And then my grandfather struggled with anxiety and panic and OCD his entire life. And my great grandmother struggled with agoraphobia her entire life. So Wow. Learning that was helpful, um, but that also sort of added to the weight of feeling like, is this something that I just have to learn to navigate through and this is going to be a part of my life yeah. because it kind of feels like, you know, a, like a, a like death a, sentence. A, right. Like, it's a foregone conclusion. This is just what we do in this family, right? Right. Yeah. Like this is just a genetic thing and you can't get rid of this. And, and obviously, you know, seeing my mom, she had overcome it and she didn't have, you know, the panic attacks anymore and the fears of leaving the house and all of that stuff. So I knew of course that it's something that you could move past, but at the time when you're 16 years old, you know, you're not thinking that rationally and your brain is not really developed to understand like, this is not a death sentence and this doesn't have to be the rest of your life. But right. of course, when you're diagnosed with it, especially at a young age, you feel like this is it. This is my life. Can, did so, you, was your mom able to help you at all in terms of pointing you in the direction that she went in? Like, this is how I overcame this. Was she, did she participate in that at all? Yeah, I, <laughs> my mom and I have mixed opinions about this. Okay, She definitely helped navigate me into therapy. She helped navigate me like in the direction of you can push past this. And really funny, this is why my page and everything is called a healthy, a healthy push because my mom always gave me a healthy push and constantly oh. gave me those reminders of this is something that you can push past and you don't have to live with this. Yeah. Um, but as for like really giving me tools, she didn't really do that. And I think kind of it was a blessing because, you know, everyone's experience is so different and you know, being a parent, you of course want to solve your child's problems. But I think my mom knew, you know, this is not something that I can really do for you. You of course have to do it on your own, but making sure that I had access to yeah. therapy and to the tools um, that would help me. So yeah, she definitely helped me, but I don't remember like ever having conversations about the tools that I now, yeah. like I learned later in my journey that actually helped me. All right. But a healthy push is a good thing to have from a mom. So, you know, big ups to Shannon's uh, mom. Good job, mom. 
Yeah. Oh, my mom's an amazing woman. Oh, love it. So yeah, I spent a lot of time in therapy. I learned so many tools. Um, I of course had so many moments of like really significant realizations of like, you know, it's not just about going to therapy and, you know, you really have to actually practice the tools and you have to dedicate time to you and your mental health to be able to actually push past this stuff. And of course, it was a lot of making changes. Like I didn't lead a really healthy lifestyle. I um, had a lot of stress. I think, you know, as a young adult, I, my panic and agoraphobia ran in through my early twenties. And, you know, that's when you have a lot of change going on. I was trying to balance working full-time. I was trying to balance going to school full-time. I have always been a high achiever. And so it was really tough, you know, struggling with panic and feeling like I still have to, I still have to live my life. And it didn't necessarily feel like I was doing that. Um, but I remember going into, gosh, this was probably at least six or seven years ago. I, you know, had been in therapy. I had been practicing tools, but I was just dealing with panic attacks every day and a tremendous amount of fear. And I mean, it was to the point where I would have panic attacks that were so severe that, you know, I had all the physical symptoms that you can imagine, like, you know, running to the bathroom, vomiting, like feeling lightheaded. I actually had passed out a couple of times. And of course, all those things are super scary. And so through all of that, I kind of, you know, felt like I need something else. Like I need something because there's no way I can continue to do this every day. And so that's when I had reached out um, to a psychiatrist about trying medication again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember walking into her office and I sat down and she was going through, you know, a litany of questions. And I just remember looking at her and saying, I don't know what else to do. I, I don't want to quit my job because I know that if I do that, I'm probably going to continue to remain stuck, but likely make it worse. And I don't know if that was the best mentality to have. I think it definitely helped to push me, but I also looking back, wish that I would have given myself a little bit more grace Mm -hmm. because you don't quite understand the magnitude to which you're facing until you're like an outsider looking in, right? Like sitting down with a psychiatrist that's like, I have no idea how you're going to work every day, Shannon, and I have no idea how you're juggling going to college. And, you know, most people in your shoes wouldn't be doing this. And internally, I just felt like if I stop doing this stuff, it's going to get worse and I'm going to, you know, never leave my home and I'm never going to do any of the things that I want to do in life. So I mean, that's, that's a good, I tried many. Yeah, that's not a bad realization, but you're right. Then you have to combine that yeah. with like the realistic way that you're actually going to live life. So I, I kind of like that right. because you didn't just do the old like, listen, we, we got to just get rid of this. So uh, you knew what you had to do, but hey, you got to do what you have to do to go down that path that you knew you had to go down. So nothing wrong with that. It was all right. Oh, yeah. 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 But it, I mean, it was definitely so hard because, you know, to I think you know, for a lot of people, you struggle with the idea of medication, because for me, especially it was, I didn't want to have to rely on something. And I kind of knew, you know, 
this isn't the long-term solution, but I got to the point where I was like, even if this can give me the short-term, right? If this can give me the short-term relief so that I can actually focus on my mental health and practicing these tools, then okay, that is something that I can get on board with. So I mean, just having, you know, different therapists and different psychiatrists in my journey that gave me different perspectives on things. She was really one that created sort of a turning point for me in my journey of like, you know, I know that you don't want to try medication, but here's the thing, you know, if it doesn't work, that's okay. We move on. It's not like it's the end all be all. (laughs) And if, you know, if it makes your symptoms worse, we, we stop taking it. You just, you don't take it anymore. And we focus on other things or it does work and it helps you tremendously. And you can get some relief to actually, you know, start building the good foundation that you need. So I tried medication. It didn't work, (laughs) Um, unfortunately, but you know, really her being open with me on that level of like a psychiatrist telling me, it's okay if medication doesn't work. That's amazing. You don't have to live with that. Yeah, you got a good one. That's yeah. really, I love this story because that is, I wish I heard more of that. Right. Yeah. Right. And I was, I mean, this woman, I was just so shocked. I mean, she, I, <laughs> I remember going into a follow-up appointment, you know, with my medication and she was like, so how's it going? And I'm like, I hate it. I hate this. And, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling with some symptoms and she And I just, I broke down and I told her, you know, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't navigate trying to figure out how to manage anxiety. And I feel like that was everyone's messaging to me of like, you have to figure out how to just have it be in your life, but like kind of find ways to skirt around it and like, just accept that you have to live with it. And I I understand to a point of like accepting that it's a part of your life right now. Sure. But that's like the, the key point, right? It's a part of your life right now. now. It doesn't mean that it always has to be. And so she really helped me to, to, I guess I needed like that just confirmation from somebody of that, that caliber that, you know, just coming from a medical standpoint of, you know, you don't have to manage this and we don't have to find ways that you have to trick yourself into dealing with anxiety. And, you know, they're not tools that are going to help you be smarter than anxiety. Like it's not about any of that. So yeah, that was such a pivotal point for me and it didn't matter that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she was, she was amazing. And so, you know, from there, I just, I went on to really make substantial changes. Like I knew that I was living a lifestyle that wasn't conducive to supporting my mental health. I just, you know, I wasn't eating regularly. I wasn't, you know, there were so many factors that went into it, of course, with panic, because for me, it affected me hugely in digestive symptoms. And so that was really hard for me that I, you know, had challenges with food because I had so many symptoms, so I'd restrict my food, but then of course it would make me feel terrible and it would actually induce the anxiety and symptoms. And so there were just a lot of little changes that people don't really talk about it. You know, a lot of with panic and especially agoraphobia is, you know, you have to, you have to face your fears and like, that's so true, but how do you do that? Like, what are the small changes that you can make that are going to actually help you to be able to do that? And like, 
it's just the silly stuff sometimes of like you you've got to actually stay hydrated you got to drink water you've got to eat you've got to eat and you've got to you know move your body and just some of the basic stuff that so often gets overlooked sometimes so, those are the earliest yeah, challenges just, to meet like you know like you can start with mm-hmm. just doing those things if you're not doing them those could be challenging enough right as your first steps really oh yeah yeah yeah, you, oh, don't, yeah. you don't have to solve the Huge. problem in a day. You solve it in tiny little steps, you know, so very good. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And it is, it's it's truly, it was the, all the little small steps. And of course you like, you want to fix it overnight and you want it to just go away. And I think that was one of my biggest realizations is it wasn't about making it go away. Like I was fighting so hard to make it go away. I was fighting to make the panic stop. I was fighting to, you know, not have the fears and to just, you know, I did a lot of suppressing and fighting and trying to act like the things just weren't present in my life and weren't happening. And, and one of the biggest things is I didn't talk about it. Like it was, it was so embarrassing. Some of the stuff that I, you know, had thoughts of and the stuff that I dealt with and I didn't want to share any of that to save my life like with anyone. Yeah. But like, and it was true. It was not even, you know, I didn't want to even share it with my mom. And like, she had lived some of that stuff and she's my mom, but it's like, you have, you know, when you're struggling with panic and agoraphobia, you have some thoughts that are like, whoa. And yeah, yeah they're sometimes really irrational and outlandish, but the thought, you know, to share it with people is like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's that thing that says, well, I can't speak that out loud because it's wrong to have that thought. I shouldn't be thinking this. I don't want, I need to stop it. If I speak it, how am I going to stop it? Which is oh, yeah. a huge burden to carry. It's exhausting. Yeah. And too, just, you know, a lot of people, I think, and it probably, right, is a lot of your perception, like looking back, you know, people aren't often thinking or even thinking about the same things that you are, like looking at yourself the way that you do, of course. But I just thought, you know, I'm a pretty functional person, regardless of struggling with the panic and agoraphobia. I felt like there were so many people in my life that had no idea that I even struggled with it. And, you know, I, I continued to work and I continued to go to school and I looked probably like I had my stuff together, but I was so far from that. And every day was so hard and the tears and anger and frustration and all of that. But I did myself such a disservice by not sharing it because the more I held it in, it was like the more it grew mm-hmm. and the the more fear I had. And just, it was so unhealthy for me, um, of course, holding all that stuff in. So that was another big thing that helped me. I just realized, you know, with the help of a therapist at the time, she said, you know, I know that this stuff is embarrassing, but embarrassment is not going to hurt you. Yeah. And embarrassment is a whole heck of a lot better than what you're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, there is such a culmination of things, right. That I've talked about that, that got me from there to here and so much in between, but um, to, to get to where I am now, you know, really you hit the nail on the head, Drew. It's, making the small steps. And yes, it is so infuriating at times because it doesn't happen quick enough. And you feel like, you know, you're just not making the progress that you want to make. And it's hard because, you know, these pathways that you create in your brain, you create them over time and you create them 
by doing the things over and over again, like by having the thoughts and dealing with the symptoms and their pathways that are so hard to, to deconstruct and to build new pathways. And that's the thing that, you know, you don't, you don't quite understand when you're in it because you just want it all to happen. You just want it to be fixed. Um, Yeah. And it's really hard sometimes that, that patience and ability to give yourself that time. Like it took me 10 years to, to make these crappy habits. Like it's not fair to think that I'm going to break them and change them in two weeks. It's right. But we want that so much. I get it. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And it makes total sense. It's, it's really, like unbearable on every level. And especially when it starts affecting your everyday life, it's like, how do I just figure out how to make this go away? And it really is. It's the small steps that you have to take that, that will get you there. And so, yeah, it took me 15 years (laughs) and, and it's hard because I, I struggle with telling people that because I don't want people to think that it has to take the 15 years. (laughs) because it doesn't. And there are just so many things that I didn't know. And so many realizations that I had just really basic things that, you know, this is exactly why I started a healthy push. And it's for that reason that I don't want people to struggle for 15 years. You don't have to, you don't have to struggle for years. And there are just so many things that I think now, you know, that we're so lucky that we have our platforms that we can share what actually helped us and what, what worked for us. And not everything works for everyone, but there is so much that we put out there that can make significant impacts and really reduce the time that you struggle. And that 15 years, because I can relate. We have very similar stories. I, for me, I'm older than you. So it it was a long time. 1986 was my first panic attack. You may not have even been born yet for all I know. Right. But, and you know, in the end, it was really till 2008 that I finally got my act together and and did the things. But so in the end, yeah. it was a, you know, a year, couple of years until uh, to get to 100%. But, but it wasn't 30 years of trying every day. It was 30 years of doing a lot of the things that I shouldn't have done. So I'm guessing yeah. that, you know, that wasn't 15 years of doing your exposures every single day and, and taking uh. 15 years to change. It was just making all those discoveries and trying different things and, and maybe going down the wrong path or taking a misstep mm-hmm. here and there and different therapists and different advice. So yeah, we always have to qualify that. Like, no, it didn't take me 30 years of exposure to recover. I promise. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I know. And people ask, of course, I'm sure you get the question often of like, how long is it going to take? How long did it take you? And it's like, I, you know, it's really hard because I think the best way to answer it is right. You, you want so badly for it to happen. But if you're focusing on the amount of time that it's going to take you to do it, it's going to take even longer. So like, don't focus on the time that it's going to take you. I swear, this is like the best analogy. It's me on the treadmill. I don't like exercising, but I do it every day. And I literally put a towel over the timer so I can't see how much time I have left. And it truly is the same. Like you can't think about you know, is it going to be 30 days? Is it going to be a year? Is it going to be two years? If you're focusing on the time and you're not actually focusing on the tools and on taking action, it's going to take even longer. It, it really is about putting your focus where it's actually going to help you mm-hmm. um, to push past the things. So everyone's journey is different, but you, you said it so well, Drew. I, throughout my 15 years, I definitely didn't dedicate... <laughs> time to the things that I should have. I made, you know, decisions that were clearly sabotaging my journey. 
Um, but it's hard. I, I mean, I went through it, you know, from the time I was an early teenager to my, you know, did, up until I was about 28 years old and you're trying to live your life. Like you're trying to have fun and yeah. you're trying to be a young adult, navigate, you know, just having those fun experiences, but also trying to figure out your career path and going to college and what are you going to do with your life? And so there are just so many things in that mix and it truly is about like just making sure that you're putting aside the time, you're making the healthy decisions and you're really practicing the things and that's what's going to help you get there as quickly as possible. Kind of. You almost have to let every day stand as its own trial too because every day you learn a little something, mm -hmm. you have a different experience and I always try and tell people like you're also living life at the same time. It might not be the optimal life that you're hoping for, but if you forget that, I many people get stuck in the idea that like, first I have to recover and then I can live my life again. But like, no, no, you're actually living your life while you recover. So when you be able to kind uh, of make, make a salad with all of that stuff together, then it, it, the impatience tends to get a little bit better. Like, okay, well, I'm also living my life. And every day I live a little bit of a better life than the day before. And that's all that matters. And then they add up over time. But so how do you wind yeah. up in a situation? You know, you know what? I'm going to ask the question that I guarantee when this episode comes out, <laughs> people are going to ask. Like, do you still have panic attacks? You, I know you get asked every day. I'm sure you do. But uh, what does recovery look yeah. like for you? Where are you now? Yeah, so I don't have panic attacks anymore. It is wild for me to even utter those words because I think dealing with it for so long, you still feel like, <laughs> don't say it out loud. Right. But no, I am so I am so confident in what I've built. Um, I have not had a panic attack in probably four or five years, I would say. I don't even remember the last time I had a panic attack. And so, yeah, I get asked this question all the time, of course. I think the, the important thing to mention, though, is like through my recovery journey, I focus so much on not experiencing anxiety and like making anxiety go away. And that's like something that you can't do, right? right? Like that's not possible. And so that was a really good and tough realization for me that like, I'm still going to experience anxiety, but I just have to change my relationship with it so that it's not leading to the symptoms and to the panic. Yeah. And so people ask me to that question of, do you still experience anxiety? And I'm like, Yes, I'm alive, I'm right? human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am human. Yeah. And as much as like, of course, you, you want to make it go away. You can't. And so I still definitely have moments where I feel anxious. Everyone does. But they know those moments no longer go to the symptoms and to the panic like they once did. Yeah. Anxiety. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. It goes back into like a normal place in your life. It's not eradicating it. It's just putting it back in its normal place in a human life. It belongs there. It actually does. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Okay. Right. I dig it. So let's talk about a healthy push for a little bit because... Like, yeah. uh, and, and you can find Shannon, it, this is episode 169. So if you go to the anxious truth.com slash 169, I'll link you to all of Sharon's, uh, uh, Shannon's stuff. But how did you come up with this? Like, how did you start? I mean, you know, we were saying it, it, this is such an organic <laughs> kind of thing. What was the impetus to, and how did you, you, I dig what you're doing. And like, I want to talk about the reels because we got to talk about the reels. But how did you start the whole thing? Yeah. So I actually, had my daughter um, 
And I had been thinking about this when I was pregnant. And at that point I was recovered and I was thinking, I have to do something. And like, honestly, becoming a mom, I, I found that I just had time on my maternity leave, but I was like, I need to do something that, you know, is fulfilling to me. And I of course have a full-time job that I do, but it's not something that I feel really fulfilled by. And, you know, it's often like the things that you're closest to, like your purpose is so like distant for you. Like you don't think about it because it's so close to you. And I remember I had read this book back in when I was struggling with panic and agoraphobia and oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Oh, from panic to power. And so this was one of the first books that I read that was, you know, geared toward helping you recover from panic. And I opened this book and there was a quote on the very, you know, first or second page of this book. And it was a quote, something to the effect of come to the edge, he said, no, they said, we're afraid, come to the edge, he said, and then finally gets to the point where he pushes them and they fly. Right. And yeah, I still get super emotional. I read that and I was like, when I get to that point where, where I can be pushed and I can fly, I'm going to make sure that everyone else can get to that point. And so I was like reminded of this book when I was on maternity leave because I was reading all the time because I really didn't have anything else to do aside from taking care of a newborn. And that quote popped into my head and I was just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like, I need to be helping people. And, you know, that was really like my call, I guess you could say, was this is what I need to be doing. And so I created a healthy push totally with the intent of just sharing my journey and just sharing what worked for me in hopes that it would work for other people. And of course, I think, you know, you've been able to see the growth and it just astounds me. And I know that there are so many people that are struggling with the same exact thing that I struggled with. And so it's amazing. It's amazing to see, you know, the many people that can relate to my story. And now like having recovered, I'm like (laughs) semi-jealous because back then, you know, I just wanted for somebody to be able to say, me too, like exactly, like that's exactly what I'm going through. And I never had that. And so I wanted to be able to create something where people could come to a place and say, this is exactly what I'm struggling with and have the hope and the motivation that they need to really live the life that they want to live. And just to be able to push, to be pushed and to fly because it's possible. That's a great story. So yeah, I'm sorry. That was very emotional. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's totally okay. Like, you know, happy tears are always well. All tears are okay all the time. Happy tears, especially. Right, right. So good for you. I really, (laughs) I might really admire what you're doing. And the way you're, the way you put the message out to me, that's why I think I like, I, I like your content so much. The reels. Thank we got to talk you. about the reels before we end because that's initially what drew me in. And I'm like, hey, look, I know yeah. what it takes to make those. The effort you put in, although you might have it down to a science now, 
where you play, <sighs> these are little, if you guys, you got to go follow Shannon because, and watch the reels, because <laughs> these are little 30 second, like, motion pictures about the dialogue between an anxious brain and a healthy brain, where Shannon plays both parts, and they're just so good. <laughs> how did you come up with the idea, and how did you get motivated to keep, those are not easy to make. Ah. Uh. No, they're not easy. I know. They take so much time. And like <laughs> a true shout out to my husband. He is such a good I've sport I've about noticed it he's because... in a few and I, I'm guessing he must be he's gotta be helping out. He's the cameraman here, right? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. He helps me with my videos and like he just thinks that it's so funny and entertaining. And I try to of course make the reels entertaining, but like you said, you know it really has a true strong message. I want people to really understand, you know, it's okay that you have the dialogue that you have that's going on in your head yeah. and it doesn't make you crazy and it doesn't make you, you know, incapable of ever living a different life. I just really want to show people, you know, it's okay that this is where you're at. You're not crazy or there's not something wrong with you. You're not broken. And just to show the other side, like you can get to the place where you're having healthy dialogue and to help people understand and see what that actually looks like. Yeah. And I think that's really powerful because you don't know when you're in it, like what even is the appropriate response? Like, how do I get through this? How do I talk to myself? And it doesn't do it all, right? Like you can't just tell yourself all these right. positive things and right. it magically gets you through panic. But it really helps to structure your brain in a different way that you're thinking in a different way and just, you know, being able to reframe your thoughts and really just calm yourself down in those moments. Um, but yeah, the reels. So there's this woman on Instagram and I'm not going to be able to remember her name and I feel awful. I, I, I know her name is Haley um, and we, you can put it in the show notes, Drew, because I've reached out to her. She actually started these like formats of reels where she has herself talking and then like her brain, yeah. but hers are sheerly just comical situations that we can all relate to. Right. And I was just, I came across one of them and I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. And I just thought, what if I can, like, I want to be entertaining and funny, right? But I also want people to get, you know, a benefit from watching these yeah, and yeah. for them to be helpful. And so that's when I thought, oh my gosh, I would have loved to have like seen going through my journey, you know, that these thoughts and, and fears aren't crazy and it's okay that you're having them. And then here's what you can do to get yourself out of this. And so that's the intent of the reels. And yes, they are so time consuming. I've definitely gotten better with them, um, but they take a lot of time. But for me, they are so worth it. I love doing them and just knowing that they are so helpful to so many people. Yeah. I'll continue doing them no matter how much of a pain in the butt they are. <laughs> they, they are entertaining. They're, they're, they're funny and they're accessible. And when you are playing the part of you recovered you or, or rational yeah. brain speaking to the, the disordered anxiety brain, you're literally talking to the people who are watching. So you're not, 
It's not. It's you yeah. playing the part of talking to your anxious brain, but the anxious brain is today is being played by Shannon's audience. So that's what I love yeah, about it because yeah, the people watching that. are that anxious brain, and you get to talk to it. And I, I love the way you do it. So it's really, really great. And I, I, I hope you keep making Thank them because I like them. <laughs> if nothing else, I like them. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I definitely will. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time. We'll do this again at some point. I'm sure people will have questions. And if you would like to definitely. find, there is there any place else other than Instagram right now? So I do have a Facebook. Um, I also have Pinterest. Like I try to do all the things that I can help as many people, but I am primarily on Instagram. That's where I dedicate my time to. So yeah. a healthy push on Instagram, that's where I live. <laughs> Sounds good. I will, like I said, if you pop on over to the anxious truth.com slash one six nine, I will have all of Shannon's links, whatever they may be. And we'll find Haley and we'll put her in there too, whoever she may be. Yeah, uh, awesome. I'll have them in there, in there in the show notes and stuff. So if you guys have questions or comments, reach out to me, reach out to Shannon on Instagram. I'm sure we'd be happy to answer. Maybe we'll we'll do a live after this or something and we'll answer questions together or whatever. So you're welcome here anytime, yeah. my friend. So. Oh, thank you, Drew. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's well, been fun. Very good. Thank you for coming. We'll talk again soon. All right, we are back. Back in the studio. And by studio, you guys know this already. I mean, the very same desk that I was sitting at when I was talking to Shannon. So nothing has really changed. I think the chair is pointing in a slightly different direction. Anyway, I really enjoyed that conversation. Shannon is awesome. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to collaborate on some stuff going forward. Uh, but I hopefully, you guys enjoyed that chat and that interview as much as I did. And uh, if you would like to follow Shannon on Instagram, which I strongly suggest you do, you can find her at a healthy push, a healthy push. And if you go to the anxious truth.com slash one six nine, you will find the show notes for this episode. And I will have Shannon's Instagram linked right there to make it even easier on you. All right, folks, thank you again for coming by that wraps up episode 169. Appreciate you coming to spend time with me and Shannon in this case. Uh, as always, I'm going to ask a favor if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes or any platform that lets you leave a rating or a review, then take a second and leave a five star rating. If you're digging the podcast and even better, take another few seconds and write a quick review because that helps other people find the podcast and we're trying to help as many people as we can here. So that's kind of the, why we do this, why I do this every week. I will leave you as always with Afterglow by my friend Ben Drake, who wrote the song kind of based on something that evidently I said in one podcast episode or to him in social media somewhere and uh, is always nice enough to let me use the song in the beginning and the end of the podcast. Ben is a great friend and a great musician I urge you to check him out at bendrakemusic.com. So enjoy Afterglow. Thanks again for coming by, and I will see you guys next week. Remember, this is the way. Yeah, y'all doing fine. It's all around you. You can breathe it in. This is where your story begins. You got the feeling that you're going to win. Back a sweat and I